Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and local media this week. The programme where we have a look at what's on the papers, the local print media here in County Clare, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, and we give it a little bit of discussion and uh, we give our own take on things that we might find. Uh, we're sponsored, this programme is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth and Fecal, a great photographer and we're delighted to have her sponsorship. Joined this evening by most of our usual panel, so welcome to John S. Kelly. Thank you, Jim. Delighted to be here. And to Pat O'Brien. You're Thank welcome, you. Pat. Uh, on sound this evening, we have uh, Luke Fleming. You never know, he might even interject occasionally with admonishments or even to give his own take on something. I'm getting back closer to the bench, Jim, so I'm a bit happier <laughs> this week. So okay. welcome, welcome back. <laughs> anyway, uh, looking at the front pages, which we do always, uh, save Ennis Town. Why, Pat, does Ennis Town need saving? Well, I suppose um, there's, a big, there's a big space there between the business, business people in Ennis and um, the new 20, 40 um, uh, company that's in Ennis. And uh, businesses just merge on now silently over 2040 plan. Part of McMahon has the story there on the front of the, of the Echo. And there's, there's also on, on page four of the Echo and um, page three of the Champion. Uh, Sharon Dolan Darcy, she's a new uh, reporter with the Clare Champion. So she has it on page three there. Saving us town to silent, silently deliver petition. And in us 240 rejects flood defense claims. So, friction between saving us town and in us 2040 DAC continues to escalate. With a force of its kind, silent mayor's planned for the county town. Saving us town will hold a silent mayor on Tuesday morning as they attempt to show opposition to plans to build an Abbey Street car park and have its key as part of Venus 2040 strategy. A petition containing <coughs> 3,500 signatures is to be issued to the Mayor of Venus, Councillor Pat Daly, as part of the process. Chairman of Venus of Say Venus Town, Gerard Mannion, said the plans will result in abandoning abandoned white elephants in years to come while they are also rippling the heart of the town of Venus. Their county council has stressed public consultation will be held before any proposal development. Meanwhile, a second big dig is commenced in the county town on Monday at Harvey's Key. In a statement to the Clare Echo, a spokesperson for Ennis 2040 DAC outlined any proposal development on Harvey's Key will not interfere or touch or build on any flood protection infrastructure now or in the future. Hmm. Addressing the housing crisis, through the provision of high-quality town centre housing is a priority for the County Council. So, Pat, can I ask you if I'm reading really on that? Did I detect a tone of dissatisfaction with the idea of having an archaeological dig on the site? Well, I suppose the... the, 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 the I think there's a sense of, maybe a sense of frustration with the whole thing, John. Yeah. And I, I, I sort of had to smile a little bit uh, Pat, when you were reading out, you know, that uh, when the spokesperson for the NS2040 DAC said X, Y, and Z, they had to hire a PR company to deal with their lack of information being provided and the outrage from the business people. So I am looking at this, and they say that nothing will be done without consultation uh, with the local people. The main reason yeah. why you've three and a half thousand people with signatures put forward and a silent uh, protest taking place next week, I think, is because of the reason there has been no proper consultation. So how can, Luke, how can they put down on the paper or give the impression that that consultation has been taking place when the, we, we now know action, this physical action already. Mind you, personally, Jim, I have no great problem with the principle of an archaeological dig. It's not going to be a bulldozer moving in and, you know. But if there's going to be consultation, that would suggest that we don't know yet whether a development will take place. It would only take place after consultation. 
But well, if no, the, cons no, the consultation uh, should... No, 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 Jim, I don't, I, I don't quite go with that. I mean, the, um, the idea that you would suggest what should go up in the area in question without first knowing on what is it standing or sitting, okay? Yeah, I, yeah, so I understand what you're be, saying. It has to be, the, 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 the initial dig has to be done. And it's not a bulldozer job. I mean, we were used to, uh, you know, particular kinds of machines. Then they tear into a, a roadway. That won't be like this. Is no, but, 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 but was this that sort of thing they were put down to Caltech? No, I would say not. It's unlikely, though, that this will I'd be dug up uh, for an archaeological dig and then re-tarmacked again. But that's what they're doing. They're, that's what they're doing at present time, Jim. They're, they're doing sections and and turn it back over again. Oh, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think it goes back to the whole thing where when this DAC development company was set up, there was not unanimous agreement within the council in relation to it being set up. Yeah. And there is not unanimous agreement between the members of the council and the DAC in relation to the whole thing. So. But that's healthy, look. In a way, uh, you uh, understandable, but I think the way that they've gone about it and what they're looking to do, is that nobody should be standing in the way of progress. And you know, I think we'd all like to think we, if if there's justified progress with stuff, you can understand it. But like John, I, I bring it back to uh, say Fargon, say Scarif, yeah, car parking, mm. and. Jim and myself were out in our travels there this evening uh, and this morning driving through Scarif and there wasn't a car parking space to be got. At that early hour? And in the afternoon. And I said to Jim, if they take away 19 parking spots here, it's not going to be much. 21, I think. Oh, 20, oh, I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, if they take away 21 car parking spots from here, I can't see how any business is going to be happy. Mm. And you could only see that businesses people will walk with their feet and they'll go elsewhere. And customers will and Ennis, And it's the same with Ennis. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. yeah. That you're there looking at it and mm. saying, where in Ennis is the capacity? Where is the need for all of this to potentially be taking place? In that there are plenty other areas around town, yeah. around town right. where developments could take place. And the whole consternation that they had with regards to the knocking the houses and turning them into a car park opposite, you know, we'll say the, mm. the county grounds, yeah. and spending a million euros to do it as if it was literally like confetti, and then Asher will change it in a few years and we'll build a few houses. So why spend a million euros to knock yeah. houses for a car park in the middle of a housing crisis so, to start with? So the whole concept of what they're at here, in my yeah. opinion, is what's under question. When you have all the businesses that are inside Nennis that are participating in this grouping, yes. it'd be a little bit like you're saying, they're not, I believe they're doing that for what they believe is best for Ennis town, for the businesses that are there. Not a selfish one. Yeah, but I think they're being realistic because you're talking about taking yeah. away huge wages of parking yeah. Adding in buildings that may or may not be occupied, and you're making it harder for people to travel in and out to town. And everybody understands this whole concept of they want to reduce, you know, uh, transport and all the rest of it. But at the same time, John, if you wanted to go into a shop, say uh, somewhere in the middle of Venice, uh, and I tell you, well, you can drive into the Tuller roundabout and then you have to get a parking ride and you, then that will bring you into another spot and you have to hop onto another bus then to bring you to the, near to, to the shop to where you want to go. Yeah. And or if you're bringing bags of heavy stuff with you, well, then that's your tough luck. Mm -hmm. That you couldn't sort of turn up near the shop, mm -hmm. go in for two or three minutes, say, say you're buying a big bag of fertiliser or something like that, that you don't be mm -hmm. in, out, gone that you wouldn't be in a position to do that. Now, I know that wouldn't happen with everybody, but Pat, you, you'd you be in, a, in around Dennis. A, a I'd be in a regular, and, and, and uh, Pat's places are very, are very scarce. I was in Dennis on Tuesday, and 
I, I, went, I was an Abbey Street caretaker and I was a Penalty Street caretaker and I eventually a lady pulled out and I pulled in in her space, but there was no, otherwise there was no other house to pay out. Mm. And I was in the market, uh, I said, I think I said it before there as well, uh, another occasion, I, I, I had to go in with collect a pair of spectacles for my wife in, 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 the, in the shop there, the spectators, <coughs> and I couldn't get a place to pay out. I had to go off over and down and down to Unbeagle and I had to walk down into Steam and I had to get out an umbrella and, yeah. you know. So does that impact on your how you intend or do use Edistown? Uh, well, it impacts on you because you you'd like to be able to get a parking place and park and you know and and, and uh, would it so, drive you to the shopping centres? Well, you could drive you to the shopping centres, but if you want if you want, you want five minutes or ten minutes, if you just have a few minutes to do and pull yeah. in and pull out, you can't do it. Yeah. You can go to the car parks, maybe, and there's a car park down in the, in the market, all right. So now, the, mar- the, the, the walk on the weekend, silent march. It's an interesting, um, isn't it? It strategy. is, yeah. Uh, what kind of numbers? They suggest 3,500. Well, the 3,500 signatures. They have that. I've signed yeah. the Will another couple of thousand turn up? Uh, unlikely, I don't imagine. But if they did... It would push the actual um, numbers to over 5,000. That's saying a lot to your Well, I, I, I think 3,500 signatures is saying a lot to start with. It is with. indeed, mm. yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, so, that, that's not a few crackpots in the corner. Like this, yeah. This is a, a but if we meet, if we talk, I know business people in Innes, and I was talking to them, I know John O'Connor, I was talking to them, and they're, they're completely against what's going on. Tommy O'Donnell and all those people there, and the... In the shops, a few people. That I know, Who are the I know decision them. makers, lads, in in this question? Well, they see the Innes Twenty Five. They got they're a company, a private company that set up, and they get money. They got is it forty million or thirty million? Twenty five, twenty twenty five. Yes. So the Mellon Innes as, as, as a company, something like similar to Limerick. They don't a similar mm. kind of a thing in Limerick. But they need, let's say, the permission of. The county council or whoever, yeah. in order to do things, presumably they'd have to have the blessing of the county the first, council. The first thing they came up with was, was, was the, the data centre. The, 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 the data centre is part of this company as well. The data centre? Yeah, this, the, the, they are promoting the data centre as well. The, this, this company. Yeah, where is that at? I haven't heard of the data centre for a while. Portlanola, Jim. Portlanola, <laughs> okay. So. Never to be heard for. for we'll await developments. Well, John, just take a frank example. You was the CEO of some big uh, company, and this building is there, and you're they're they're, they're pushing the, the they're pushing the, the they're asking you to know what you rent it out or whatever lease it for your your business. And so the first thing you do is you look around and know where people are going to park, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Well, there's nobody going to be able to park there when the, in any space when the, when the when this building goes up because there'll be no there'll be no one to park in it. Hmm. And and are you suggesting that the decision makers don't raise a question like that? Well, I, I the don't decision know. makers are the people responsible for making that decision. Yes, yes. So it's therefore I think they just have an ideology that they're living in planet Tinky Winky Land. Yeah, but, but I, Pat, you had a you had an alternative for them, where to build the um, the new development could, rather than take up uh, the yeah. car parking space. So they have a place there across the road from Harvey's Key there in the post office field, lots of space on it. A couple of there, isn't it? Not a floodplain. I don't think so. No. Well, it might be a flood, might be flooding the people, so they can raise it up. You can build a big wall along this side here to stop the water from going out into the into the into the street. So why can't they build a big wall here as well and keep it, keep it moving down? <gasps> okay, listen, we'll go on. We're not going to solve it here the, today. The, I think, as we said last week, they really developed, they spent 1.3 or 4 million below in the market and they built mm. a, a place for, for the market, uh, a, a, a building there. And yeah. There's, there's nothing happening, John, on a car, there's a car park. You can park inside this building now. The same kind of uh, arguments can be made on a micro level in relation to the SCARV project. Mm. It's not at a micro level, it's the exact same level. Right, <laughs> okay. No, but it is, yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, and I said, but and, it, and the, different, the difference being that Ennis is the capital, capital. of the county yeah. with 25,000 people living in it. Yeah. And if you sort of said, right, let's, you know, what are we going to do with Scarf? Are we going to put a park and ride in Tungrani? We will not. 
Are you going to <laughs> one in Mount Shannon? You know, hmm. these concepts are stuff. Yeah. In rural Ireland, we need to get around. You know, it's if you want to go to a chemist. To it? If you want to go to a chemist yeah. in Scarab, or say in East Clare, you have Tullow, Scarab, Killaloo. Killaloo. Yeah. There are your three options. If you walk down Ennis, you probably have three options within 100 yards of each other. Now, if you're not feeling the best, or your movement is restricted, and you're going to the chemist, and you've gone to the chemist in Scarif for years, and now you're told you can't park outside the chemist, yeah. you're going to be feeling a little bit discommoded. Or you want to go to the doctor's surgery, and you're now told, sorry, there's no parking outside the surgery. Yeah. Like, what person in the right mind develops a car parking plan for an area where they presumably look at actually the businesses around. The chemist isn't going to move. It hasn't moved in 60 years. No. The surgery was built in the 90s. That's not going to move. Mm. Would you not think that they should be the first places you say there will be a disabled slash parking mm. facility mm. outside these and we'll go on it from there. Yeah. And you mm. look for the, oh, oh, there's a post office beside it. We need people who want access to that. But I wonder, Luke, is this whole notion, both in Ennis and in Scarif, to satisfy a green agenda? Okay, see, that's uh, where, yeah, green you agenda. know, where people very much come second. Mm. Yes, it's a green agenda. That's, 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 that's what well, I think it's the car come second, Jim, mm -hmm. is, the, is the concept. They sort of think we can walk around yeah. and get I, access to I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling that the, the, the people think that uh, uh, there's nothing they ultimately can do to stop um, something happening over which they don't have direct control. Because when you think about it, we follow what you were saying a couple of minutes back, our local representatives don't seem to figure in this one. Uh, I'd argue the point in relation to Scarif, I think they do figure, but I, I, I think there's a lot of work going on in the background, like most democracies there should be. Yeah. But I think there is a distinct lack of um, coherent thinking in between individuals in Ennis in relation to what they're at. Yeah. I don't think there's agreement there at all. But yeah. I'd say, Jim, we better move on. We move time, on. Time uh, just before we go, uh, I was listening to Claire Levin uh, the morning. There was a big debate about this on it. And your man, Ellen Morrissey, uh, requested people to phone in or to send in emails or, or WhatsApps or whatever. Pro or, pro or against? Pro, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he read out on, on two days, he was at it two days, two mornings, early in the week, on Monday and Tuesday. There was not one person uh, that phoned in or sent in a message in support of what was going on here. Everyone, no matter whether they were from West Clare in the same, they were from all around West Clare, people come in clean us. One woman came in clean us and she said she'd come in clean us on a Saturday, because her husband and her children, and they look for a place to park and they do their shopping. Yeah. She said they have come in on different Saturdays and they couldn't get a place to park, they had to walk off over the same town, maybe walk in a couple of teams on there. So next Saturday they decided to go down to the, the shopping centre in Limerick, the outside. The one outside of yeah, Crescent. The Crescent. Yeah. Driving, parked the car, no problem. Do their shopping. See them in the car again and come back up the motorway. Hmm. And we're. Business gone from, from Ennis. She's gone from Ennis now. She's probably mm -hmm. doing. And she said they don't just happen in Clare every week in Ennis every Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And she's gone, those people now are gone and they want to be going into the Crescent every Saturday. Okay. So Alright, we'd, we'd better move on. Move on yeah. uh, look, we're still at the front page. A national scandal as one in four on trolleys. Uh, Limerick trolley numbers higher than seven Leinster hospitals combined. And I suppose they say one in four patients who attend uh, UHL uh, ended up on trolleys. Um, and it appears that that is... Uh, John, you were on a trolley. I was, and... The the, the inter interesting uh, thing, I have to say this, uh, I had a very, very comfortable bed. On the uh, trolley? On the trolley. Uh, and I had a gawk at everything that was happening. It was great entertainment. Do you know, if you weren't suffering too uh, much yourself. Yes. Well, uh, so I mean, 
I've said that quite a few times now to friends. Yeah, but John, Mm. the fact that you're not giving out about the fact that you were on a trolley in the first place, I'm afraid, isn't good enough. Oh, but I haven't, I'd only introduced my point. (laughs) Okay, well, continue and give out the way. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, the frightening figure is that of 80 people, is that what the, the, the article said? 80 people on a trolley, one will die. Did you come across that? In, yeah, in, in, yeah. In, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. in that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, it's that's on the second page, whenever 82 patients left on trolley, yeah. they died. Yeah. Mm. I suppose, John, the fact that you were sitting back observing things going on around you with some maybe amusement or interest certainly yes you know not that detached wouldn't, that wouldn't be the case if you were extremely ill no, no. you know mm. um and i suppose that there's that you see if your person my personal experience of the hospital was positive mm. yeah but this is the thing most people's experience of the hospital generally is positive when they get in and get their treatments. There's yeah. no one is really yeah. giving out about that. It's this. You shouldn't need to be sort of sitting on a trolley for two or three days before you get into a bed in a war. We have become numb to it. Yeah. yeah. And it's been, we said Dan has been reporting on it all during the year hmm. and given the, you know, the trolley watch for different places. This now is September, yeah. and it's saying that the number of people on trolleys in Limerick is higher than seven Leinster hospitals combined. Yeah. Mm. So and in the, the, the last article on that, last paragraph on that page, front page, Luke, um, he says, for four years now, the Midwest hospital campaign has uh, continuously called for the upgrading of Ennis, the upgrading of Nina, and John's Hospital and the reopening of their emergency departments. What is the impediment? What's stopping this? It hasn't happened. It won't. Well, I, I it can't won't see how it will happen. They have decided it won't happen, John. They have, the, 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 they have decided it won't happen. Yeah. They're, they're continuously telling When people say that to them, they're continuously saying, oh, it didn't go on. Who was they? When well, they, the HSE people. And when I. Uh, mentioned the HSE, I'm wondering what individual inside the HSE the, dictates the, this. Those consultants or whatever they are, I don't know who's the head mm. consultants or whatever they are. No, it's, it's, per- no, it's a perfect example, John. You've given, you've given yourself the answer mm. that we have created an organisation mm-hmm. that is a monolith where no one is in charge and no one's accountable. Put it to you like this, do you know who the boss of Ryanair is? Well, I'd have a sense of who, who, if he is not the front boss, he is yeah, dictating. Yeah, he's very high up. Can you name me anyone that you know in the HSE? In the HSE as against medical people? Not a doctor. No, no, Managed I don't, I don't know. None anybody. of us do. No. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the head? No, Gloucester, is it? Is it Gloucester? I, I, is it off the top of my head? That I'm, not, I'm not 100% but, sure. But, but, but does the Minister for Health not have some role? Um, they don't give it to them, Jim. They, 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 yeah. they leave it to the HSE to yeah. decide. Because they said, oh no, we, we don't get directly involved in the day-to-day activities of it. They could come down and give out about it. It's and another, Sorry, Pat, go on you. Another article, uh, well, uh, which is uh, maybe in relation to this, I see it on this, the Irish Mirror the other day. They've done an article on the HSE on, on premises. They have, they have, I don't know many premises around the country, Inti, worth 400 million. There's a, the, the Royal Hospital in Dublin is worth, the building and the, and the, and the, and the, and the site is worth 22 million. And they have all these buildings, and there's people asleep on the steps, they're sleeping and on the steps. Building. And they're outside the building. Yes. And they have all these buildings around the country. They have them up in Leithrand, they have them all over the country. They, they made out a list of them. The Irish American had it over there, and they had a, a full list of them. And this building in Dublin could, would, 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 uh, could, would um, the value of it from a, a they, they brought in people to value them. They, yeah, put a, 
Listen, on a positive note, I suppose, uh, on page 10 of the Clare Echo, uh, they're talking about a, a dialysis uh, machine or centre. Uh, it's not page 10, uh, but it's, it's a dialysis machine that's going to be uh, brought. It's page 8 of the Clare Echo. Uh, and it's to get a new dialysis unit now. It may not happen today or this week or next week or before Christmas. It could be a couple of years down the road. But they go through and the numbers of patients that are um, in dialysis treatment uh, or need dialysis treatment in Clare, some of whom are going to Galway, the majority of whom are going to Limerick. And hopefully when this happens, it will be a positive thing. Indeed. Yeah, this is page four of the champion as well, Jim. No solution for dialysis patients in the short term. Official statistics have revealed the number of care patients on dialysis have increased from 59 in 2019 to 69 in 2021 and 91 in 2023. So they're having so many people are having from uh, low paid. Yes. Back around the key, Kilo and that's maybe back. a couple of times a week. Yeah. For three, hours to. Yeah, three times a week. Yeah. It's Limerick. And uh, there are some people up there in North Clare are going to Galway. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll move on because we're, we're, we're really um, we're running out of time. Uh, on the opposite page in the Clare Echo, page 9, a very interesting story there. Trump's status as West Clare Hotelier on the line pending civil trial. And uh, I suppose... Surely fake news, Jim. <laughs> well... He's, surely fake news. He certainly has legal concerns in New York at the moment. And maybe it's if, if his West Clare Hotel is run out of New York um, and he can't run a business in New York, well... Maybe he'll come to, to Dunbeg. Maybe he'll come to Dunbeg, yes. It's on, the, it's on, I think, page two of the Clare Champion, or page three maybe, but it's, it's a bit more optimistic for uh, Trump in the Clare Champion because uh, I think it suggests that uh, no danger to Dunbeg from Trump fraud case. Yeah, so all may not be lost. And in the, in the echo it says, the sale of the West Clare Resort is understood to be unlikely but remains a possibility. Yes. You know, and uh, it basically goes back to a lot of things that Donald does that he sort of has inflated opinions on everything, including the value of his, his assets. But that enabled him to get loans at preferential rates and yeah. various other bits and pieces. But Boric, anyway. Boric, uh, that on that little article on page 9, of the uh, echo, um, the last paragraph is, is interesting. Uh, just quote it. During his last visit to County Clare in May, Trump said to the Sunday Independent, if you're in the world of politics and you're doing what I'm doing, you want to make the world great again. In the, words of, in the world of business, you want to become very successful and do a good job. And that's what we have done in Dunbeg. I have brought, bought this and rebuilt it and has become a tremendous success. I bought it when it was a distressed property many, many years ago and now it's one of the best places of property in Ireland. It's been great. You know this community loves me <laughs> because I have done such a good job. Well, now, how would you actually <laughs> How would you respond to that? I, I yeah. respond to that one, yeah. I suppose we have to There's keep... There's a fair bit of narcissism in it anyway, isn't there? A lot of it, I'd we, say. We'll have to keep tuning to CNN <laughs> for, 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 yes. for all the, the, the updates. A couple of other things. Uh, again, page on, on the Clare Echo, page 16. 200 flights added this winter from Shannon. So that's very good news. Isn't it? It is excellent news. Uh, on the, in West Clare, uh, a five megawatt wave array, farm array. And that's on page uh, nine of the Clare Champion. So there are, you know, some things which are, which are, which are positive. Yeah. Um, I suppose one thing that isn't so positive is uh, the pulling of active travel from rural areas, um, bringing them into towns where Ennis is getting active travel there and facilities on the Tuller Road um, and here we have uh, you know it's being removed from rural places so yeah, that's it's the it's the form of funding 
and we've alluded to it before and our East Clare representatives are in the municipal district of Killaloo uh, have frequently been warned in recent times uh, how the act of travel under the current government that might have you talking about the green agenda John is that this is funding basically for footpaths and uh, you know, roads and no, no, not lanes. roads, side lanes, but just, and even you know, making junctions safer, that type of stuff. Yeah. That a lot of it would have taken place in rural areas. Like I, I think probably the, the, the best example you might see recently would be Clooney Quinn. You know, mm. the footpaths yeah, and stuff yeah, put, yeah, put, yeah, put yeah. in there, mm. or Clooney, I Clooney, say. Yeah. Clooney. You know, which in fairness made made a big difference. I think they got active funding, part of the funding for the path from uh, Tungrani to Killaloo. Mm. And that now is all being geared in towards Shannon and Ennis. Pat Hayes is looking for a, an intrusion. Well, we could maybe talk about part two about the local side of things, but it, it's yeah. uh, there are issues, but that's a government level, mm. yeah. you know? And I suppose before, yeah. Yeah. before we get to half time, uh, we should mention and it's, it's covered on the Clare Champion on page six, Pat, Sarah Meskel, uh, a young woman, young, oh, yeah, young girl, yeah. girl from yeah, uh, Kilnamona, lost her life there, uh, a, a member of the Aina Kilnamoga Camogie yeah. Club, and yeah. lost her life there in the last couple of yeah. weeks. Because um, like I said, um, to see someone like that, something happen like that, it's on page four of the, of the echo. Uh, Sarah will always be with us. Um, one of the mourners travelled to Kilimona on Friday, packing St. Joseph's Church and filling the streets for the funeral of 14 year old Sarah Nesbitt. St. Joseph's Church reached capacity 50 minutes prior to the 11 am funeral mass on Friday morning. Outside, the crowds were as big with queues beyond the gate leading up to the church. Sarah was laid to rest in a white coffin draped in her Ina Kilimona jersey that she was so proud to wear on numerous occasions. Indeed, Camogie Clubs from across the country have posted tributes online along with KMG and Camogie. Our Camogie teammates found that the path began to one along with students from Clostermother, with members of the Ireland winning Clare Minor Halloween panel from whom Sarah's brother Jack lined out at Winfrey's also lined the streets. That's what was, uh, was a sad occasion. Maybe. Very, very sad. Yeah, for the young people. Yeah. With her life in front of her. Course, yeah. And she was uh, very popular, I think. Are we in the article there? Well, we, we offer our sympathies to her yeah. family yeah. and yeah. to yeah. Aina Kilnamoga, Kilnamona, Camogie, and Hurling Clubs, and all the people who knew her. And I suppose may she rest in peace. We're at half time. We are. We're probably past half time. We're in overtime. Well, it as Luke would <laughs> see it. Rose Springsteen was 74 last week, so we'll, we'll have dancing in the dark.
You're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scariff Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin. And uh, we had Bruce Springsteen there and Dancing in the Dark. So let's have a look at, um, mostly in the part two, we have East Clare News. There's an awful lot of East Clare News this week. So one or two things, one or two things will have carried over. Um, page four in the Clare Champion. Uh, an old friend of ours there, Derm, uh, Dermot Hayes. And uh, Dermot is making a point, Pat, about um, people with disability seem to be much more seriously affected by you know, economic matters, yes, be yeah. it uh, inflation or whatever it is. Yes, than well, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, then, then I have to say they are spiralling costs disappropriately affecting those living with disability. Care people with disabilities are disproportionately hit by the dramatic increase in cost of living over the last year as local disability activists have warned. Dermot Hayes, a member of the Clare Leader Forum, has called on the Minister for Finance, Michael McBride, to increase welfare payments for people with disabilities to try and ease the burden of spiralling costs in food, transport and energy bills in excuses budget. Mr Hayes said Minister McBride could use the budget 2024 to make his life easier for people with disabilities by increasing the standard in validity pension of disability allowance of 220 per person with an additional 146 for an adult dependent, 42 for a child dependent under 12 and 50 for a child dependent age 12 or older and the fuel allowance. The invalidity pension is paid at a maximum personal rate of 225.50 per week with increases for adult and child dependents. Mm. So sure. it was he has a good point. He's a good point, yeah, with all the, the, the amount of, um, especially for uh, electricity and all that. Yeah. Are, you looking forward and, and to, are you looking forward to yourself at uh, Tuesday uh, and budget? And I pushed about it down one way or the other. Yeah, and now it's not good to hear it. It is, yeah. We'll still be breaking stones <laughs> when the... <laughs> Well said. <laughs> okay, John, yeah. I see you're looking there on, on the next page, page, uh, is it page five? Page five of, of the Clare Champion, the and you're, you have Kilrush in your view. I have, yeah, Kilrush, they're heading my own rhyme. Kilrush has highest percentage with health issues in Ireland. Now, it's very interesting because we might, you know, be alert to it all the time. The census reveals an awful lot of data about our communities and ourselves. And that's why this particular article is particularly relevant. Um, Kilrush has the highest percentage with health issues. It scored particularly poorly, 30% having a condition, uh, uh, 30% of the population in Kilrush um, having a condition or difficulty to some extent, and 15% having a condition or difficulty to a great extent. So there's a, an imbalance, like, clear in the census figures um, of where, in fact, the wealth lies. And it, it struck me, there was a parallel case down in Kerry some, perhaps 30 years ago. And uh, some group of medical people in the psychiatric service in Tralee uh, had a look at the figures for admission to Tralee Hospital. Uh, And they noted that if Kerry were not in an All-Ireland final, okay, there was a despondency which reflected itself in numbers admitted to the Tralee Psychiatric Unit, okay? And when, in fact, uh, Kerry were in uh, in All-Ireland, the figures of admission dropped hugely. It's amazing, actually, mm. the situation. And it, I thought it, was, it could be replicated uh, for other uh, medical units across the country. But it wasn't. But it what seems to me, if you want trying to make a case... What about Kerr? What about Kerr? They don't leave from the Nardo scene. Well, should the... The, hurler, the hurling people in Roscommon should be very happy that they're going to have a Claremont looking after them. Well, in the we'll, 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 <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, so well, would that Kevin Salmon? I, I'm making a, seriously, you know, I, I'm making an appeal for someone in the medical world to take up the relationship between 
physical activity and mental health. Mm. Okay. I wonder a vibrant community life somewhere. Oh uh, yes. Would that? It would. I mean, it, judging on what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what the community life is in Kilrushnow, I'm not able to tell you, but is, if, a vibe, if that happens in Kerry, you know, it's a, it's a community feel-good factor. You're dead right. Which goes Absolutely. through everybody. Yeah, and so therefore uh, the state, through its government and through its ministers, is quite right and quite appropriately acting in providing funds to communities to enhance their actual uh, facilities for the community. Would you agree? I absolutely. I think it is yeah. hugely important. And we see it here in East Clare. We see mm. very, very good evidence of parish path after parish taking up the cudgel and actually looking at what they offer, seeing what's missing, and trying to put it in place. Not right. Okay. Ah, yeah, but they have it in most clubs. Most clubs now, the East and West Clare, they, they have it. Kilrush. Have, have, a, have a fine place down there. And, and they're community centres. Yeah. And, and they have, you know, most of the clubs are... But that, that's not going to be enough, Pat. I get money. Yeah. I get money from government and from, from, from the sports capital programme and all yeah. that. You know? mm. Listen, on page 20 of the Clare Echo, which is maybe can be related to what we've been talking about, the headline from, by Adam Maloney is Independent Living to Become More Accessible for Older People in Clare. And I suppose... Uh, the key objective of, of, the, of the group um, is that uh, the avoidance of premature admission into long-term residential care. And uh, the person interviewed is uh, Karen Fennessy, Karen who lives in these parts. But um, it, there's a full-page article on it with some advertisements. But, I mean, the idea would be that circumstances are created in a community where older people can live at home um, for much longer you know or maybe for all their lives whereas in other cases it, it avoid try to avoid getting them into residential care yeah which is indeed and uh, Jim what about things like physical adapting of a house to uh, uh, provide grants to enable people well, to... There is grants there, John. There's very good grants to, to physically adapt houses. Yeah, but not there's everybody. There's 90% of it. Is it means-tested? It's not, no. Mm. No. You sure I, not? I, I would say the biggest issue in it's relation not. to parts of that, John, is that sometimes if the individual in person that needs the attention yes. is on his own or yeah. her own, that there's sometimes issues there, whereas yeah. if there isn't a family person that can, you know, maybe fill out a few forms Forms, or do yeah. bits and pieces yeah. like that. But I, there are, there are, there, 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 there are, in fairness, good facilities available to keep people, right. keep people in their houses. And we should be encouraging it. And I, I see the Echo have a, a good uh, spread in relation to Christmas parties. So that would be That's a good right. thing to keep people in their own house. <laughs> you know, bring them, bring them to a party and enjoy it and then get them dropped back home afterwards. Yeah. Well, it says the key requirement, uh, Karen Finnessy says, for people to qualify for support from the regional healthy age friendly homes program is that they're age 65 and over they could actually be fit and well and living at home but they're people who are planning for the longer term yeah. that's yeah. a bit of planning john yeah. big word you know there's actually a bit of common sense and you know they're following through on it yeah mm. pity the rest of the good. government and the state didn't follow on look how do you feel about that you mentioned the christmas um, supplement in the clare echo yeah. How do you feel about reading about Christmas in early October? <laughs> I, I don't really have a strong opinion on Christmas, John, but uh, I, I, I will compliment the Echo on uh, getting the advertising side of things put together. See, Pat's yes, getting phone calls already. Already, yeah. In, in relation to Christmas, right, we'll hold. Well, there's plenty of uh, party options there uh, uh, in the Echo for, you know, if you want to have a night out. But... Um, there's one thing that I saw in particular, uh, Jim, and it's far from partying, but parties in agreement in North, East and West Clare, John. Parties in Parties in agreement. 
political well, parties in agreement. Oh, on, a, on an issue? On an issue, and it's on page 12 of the Echo. And I bet it's got something to do with roadways. Well, it, you were close enough. You alluded to it earlier that one of our representatives wasn't happy. But uh, <laughs> pu pulling active travel really disappointing. Porrick has the article there in um, uh, the, the Echo. Uh, elected representatives in West, North and East Clare have slammed the manner in which active travel has been pu pulled from rural areas as utterly discriminatory. And I'm in total agreement with him. Will you explain to our listeners what active travel means? Well, what a lot the active travel is, it's basically, it could be small or big schemes to enhance, pr protect might be the wrong word, but to make areas or junctions safer, be it by the provision of a footpath, pedestrian crossing, widening, or, you know, maybe widening the path, making the junction more accessible, you know, maybe clearing, clearing a bit at the side, yeah. you know, in, improving sight lines and stuff like that. And it is a national policy, since the Greens are in, that the funding for active travel, I, I put you like this, John, if you say what is active travel in a lot of the area that we would look at, it's basically footpaths. Right? It could be footpaths being replaced, footpaths being put in. Mm. A few weeks ago, it was mentioned that there's talks in relation to faecal, that they were looking at putting in a, a footpath and looking at maybe putting a one-way system into part of the, the roads in faecal because the road is too narrow, people are walking on the road, and there's, it's a danger. Danger. So this would be an ideal, that would be an ideal target mm. for active travel. But no, it's the funding for it has been pulled and it's all going into Ennis and Shannon. So the, the councillors from near and far uh, are, aren't happy in, in relation to it. Like and the East Clare reps are also far from happy about... Well, they're ha oh, not happy about staffing levels neither. Yes, vacancies uh, not being filled. Yeah, and uh, Tony O'Brien, who's the chair would say, of the Killaloo MD, had made a request uh, you know, to get a meeting uh, with the HR people in the council in relation to him. He wasn't impressed that his meeting request was ignored. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but the situation there with that is, is, is uh, uh, an engineer. The, head, the engineer's gone to Galway, the East Clare area. And then they, they talk about they have to go back. I, I don't understand that. They have to go back to, 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 the, to the, the budget meeting to, to South the Lord. To get to sanctioned in, to replace in, 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 the position. To pay for the position. So if the position is already there, I don't know why they have to go back to the, the budget. Yeah, it does seem a bit it over the top. It yeah. looks a bit funny, but you. Yeah. Uh, Who are we ordinary people to comprehend <laughs> the great <laughs> things that go on yeah, on high? Yeah, all these departments, <laughs> they, they, they have funny way of, 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 uh, of sorting well, these things out. Anyway, we'll go on. Uh, I'm, we normally go through the clear papers here, but uh, just for... For this, uh, I have the Limerick leader in front of me, and there's an article there about a Scarif man who, who passed away recently. And uh, it's uh, the late Pat Tracy. Um, the headline is by Don Lorigan, a farmer aged 90 passes away while doing what he loved, feeding calves. And uh, he died suddenly, Pat, on, in my know, on Monday, the September the 18th. And... Uh, to, there's a lovely article there uh, about him and his various activities and his family. Um, and I suppose we send our sincere sympathy to his wife, Bridie, and his son, James, and all his relatives and friends, and he had many. Yeah. The Tracys would have been involved, wouldn't they, Jim, in uh, the hotel business? They would indeed. Um, Pat's brother, Seamus, ran yeah, the hotel okay. for many, many years. And the, and the dance hall across the road. And the Astor Cinema, of course, as well, yeah. Um, and and he had a, a casino on Limerick. He had a casino on Parnell Street in Limerick, that's right. So, um, we'll, we'll, may he rest in peace. Okay, we're now looking at uh, various things in East Clare. Flooding pass in O'Brien's Bridge. Um, does, it, does, it have to be, does it have to be there on, on the Echo Gym? On, um, uh, potential uh, flooding flag. O'Brien Bridge is facing a serious issue of potential flooding, according to a local council of rights party in Manhattan. And a plea for works to be carried out in O'Brien's Bridge to bring flooding of businesses and dwellings was made by Councillor Tony O'Brien at the 
Het is een om te zien dat het nu niet meer is. Het is een probleem om te zien dat het niet meer is. Het is een probleem om te zien dat het niet meer is. Het is een probleem om te zien dat het niet meer is. Het is een probleem om te zien dat het niet meer is. Het is een probleem Then you can say that LUND will propose to carry out CCTV survey on the pipeline over the coming weeks if required. This is if the storm marshal line may need to be upgraded and additional colleagues may be uh, put in. So, so of course, um, they, they're, going to look at, they're going to look at the national anyway in, in our plans. Yeah. But I mean, it's been some years now since we had serious yeah. flooding yeah. down yeah. in southeast Clare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but where was the Springfield? Wasn't mm, Springfield it? Springfield yeah. The name of the place. Aptly named. Aptly named, indeed. Um, speed is something that is also concerning page 13 of the Clare Champion, the East Clare page. Uh, there's speeding cars on the Mount Shannon Road in Scarif. And um, I know that was, uh, it was a place where, where speed uh, detection systems were often put in place um, down the years. But, yeah, um, yeah Petty has uh, requested Clare County Council to provide traffic planning measures in the Mount Shannon to Scarlet Road. Speaking of the recent MD meeting of Kildo Municipal District Council, he said the number of residents were living on the right hand side of the road and as you leave Scarlet as well as the Borough of Charity Building. The section of road has become very challenging for the residents that live in the area with ongoing issues of speeding and overtaking place on either, taking place on regular occasions outside outside premises, which is creating higher risk for residents that live there. Residents uh, <coughs> on this road and people involved in the Brussels Channel, there is a risk for them every day. Yeah. The, it's it's the, a long straight stretch. Yeah, it's a problem, I suppose. It is. Definitely is, is. Yeah. and um, speeding or uh, Tulla National School as well on page thirteen. Uh, Look, there's issues um, around the. I see is yeah, mentioned it, again and again. It was at the municipal district meeting, and it's in related. There's sort of request for traffic calming, and there was an agreement there previously in relation to proposed works to be done and I think they sort of now realise that if they do that it's not going to meet the requirements and that they're probably looking to get um, a proper plan done rather than make, you know, do a half-assed thing that they sort of want to do it properly and again expressing concerns about the level of funding that has been made available under the active travel programme. Councillor Hayes expressed concerns that even if new traffic calming measures are designed, will, there be, will the finance be made available to deliver it? And this is a perfect example of what we're talking. And you say, you yes. would say, no, if you look at it, you said, with all the building facilities and um, services that are being provided in Tull in the last number of years, of course you want people to be safe. Walk, walking around the place, and that there are areas that need need development. This is what this is common sense, mm. mm. you know. But uh, the Hector Travel Grant should be used in that area. Local people have it in all Spinton and the Tuller Road in us for cycle lanes that won't be used at all. Yeah, and we say as well as that, Councillor Hayes questioned the value of junction works and a pedestrian crossing without addressing the larger issue of speeding. So. You, as well as putting in, you know, maybe the footpaths and the pedestrian crossing, you have to get rid of the elephant in the room as well. Yeah. You need to slow down traffic, yeah. the, the traffic that's there in the first place. And uh, Luke, in particular, right locally here, outside the gate of the of the GA complex, going back up to the square, we can only appeal, appeal to uh, motorists on that stretch. Please, before it's too late, be conscious that children, children, young children, play on the footpath on the right-hand side going up hmm. and can easily slip out behind a car and you... Oh, yeah, but John, that's the same in every town. In but I'm talking, about, I'm talking yeah, about... Yeah, you sound specifically... Relevant. Yeah. 
you yeah, know, but, do you? but it's a perfect example of where you know you'd be trying to make progress in relation to things and there's now no funding for it because they're just widening footpaths and putting in cycle lanes for cycle bicycles that might be used inside in, uh, bigger urban areas. Yeah. But anyway, that's mm. uh, it. Uh, we need to move on, Jim. Pat, I'm just looking. <coughs> RNLI uh, hosts Sarah's Voyage to Save a Life in honour of Sarah Meskel, the teenager we had been talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. But Pat, you were on this trip. I was, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed We sent you on an exploratory <laughs> mission. Yeah. yeah, we had a lovely evening, we went to dinner and went up and we, we were on the trip out to the Iron Islands on, and there was a big hole in it. And um, it's, a, it's an annual, um, it's an annual, uh, um, we'll say, for the and I collecting money and, um, you know, and Joe, Joe was there, Joe was the head of it, uh, Joe Queer. And uh, we had a great evening. Uh, the 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 packed, and uh, we went out. There was a bit. Um, there was a lot of high waves, and we were going over top of waves, and we were going down, yes. <laughs> up and down. But anyway, we got out to the island, and we walked around for a while. And oh, Callan's Mills is far from the sea. Perhaps. We were in for the three. We were in for the trip up there, and then the three, and we came back and down and under the cliffs and all that. So it was, it was a lovely evening, and uh, all the money goes goes to the Army Life. Um, what do you call a fundraiser for the Annalee of the Chore runs there along the walks and all the other ones. And you were in the actual lifeboat, were you? Or no, we were in the, we were in the, 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 the boat that takes people the on the, the, the Dool Ferry. Yes. Okay. But the lifeboat uh, from, from uh, the Arm Islands came out and circled around with us and, and, the, way, and, and the way out again. And did you enjoy the experience? Yeah, yes, it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, he, he is all the signs of enjoying it, Jim, because if you look at page seven, uh, uh, there's a picture of two lovely ladies, uh, Michelle Talvin, originally from Los Angeles, but now living in Doolan, Mairead O'Connor uh, from Ennis, on the pier before the fundraising cruise. But in the background, there's the ball pass. Oh, very good. Cool. You know, as I said, so pa pa page seven on the champion there. Uh, for the eagle-eyed viewers, so he did that, go. That, that are amongst us. Jim, before we finish up, uh, there's just two things I want to say. Page 13 in the Echo, we spoke about it a lot in the first half. Say Venice Town Silent March delivery, assembled Abbey Street Car Park, 9:30 a.m. They have a, a small ad in the Echo. Please note this is a non-political event on the ad, yes. and also underneath that we spoke about it last week. Nakshanvo Wind Farm webinar which is uh, uh, over Pat's side, proposed renewable energy project between Broadford and Six Mile Bridge. Uh, there's a webinar next Wednesday, at 11, uh, October 11th at 7 p.m. Uh, register uh, by emailing knockshanvo at futureenergyireland.ie before midday on Wednesday to get a chance to go into the webinar. And it's on page 13 of yeah, the clear echo. and add there on page 13 the echo, so. Uh, the other thing, I suppose, uh, in Scarif here, the 250, which we covered there a couple of weeks ago uh, online, it raised 11,000 euro for local groups. Amazing. So, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Okay, listen, we have to finish. Many thanks to all of our panel. Uh, to John S. Welcome, Jim. Uh, to Pat. Thanks, Jim. To Luke. Thanks, Jim. And we'll hear, uh, maybe Pat might tell us what piece of music, if we've time left, we'll play out on. We'll have been enjoyed with Oaktown Gallop. Lovely, lovely choice. Okay, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again, please God, uh, next Sunday. Goodbye and God bless.